Hi, I'm Jen. And I'm Trevor. And together, we're We're Occasionally occasionally Interesting, the podcast where a couple travels the world interviewing the most interesting people they meet along the way. Sometimes it will be sweet, often entertaining, rarely conservative, frequently informative, occasionally occasionally interesting. interesting. What is the most unrealistic thing you believe in? World peace, sadly. Aww. The Bigfoot. <laughs> you actually believe in Bigfoot? No. <laughs> I, I found it quite unrealistic. How can you believe in something if you think it's unrealistic? I'm not saying you think it's unrealistic, necessarily. I mean, you know, you can... Uh... But if you... Part of this question is that interpretation of how yeah. the individual selves look at their question and how you respond. I guess I think that everybody, no matter where you're born, has an opportunity to become great. Maybe that's unrealistic. That's beautiful. Two wonderful answers. If there was one behavior or action you could get everyone in the world to do or stop doing, what would it be? Empathy. More empathy in the world. At the moment, there's you see with politics all over the world. I think traveling really helps you kind of understand the notion of empathy and understand other people and how they live their lives. I think that when you come from a Western country, not all of the time, but most of the time, you're almost conditioned into not having the empathy that you should do for, for, for everyone in the world. And I think that's quite sad. So I would, yeah, I would definitely say that. I would tell everyone to just learn about the internet. The internet is this incredible tool and it kind of links back to the unrealistic question. Wherever you are, you have an opportunity because of the internet if you learn enough and you put it into practice. So I think that a lot of problems can be solved with regards to poverty and famine if people use the internet more to their advantage. Yeah, and then nowadays you can learn anything on the internet. We were put on You can learn anything and there's endless possibilities and opportunities. I read an article years ago, it was about uh, this organization that took these computers and basically dropped them into these like remote areas in, I, I think there was like an islands in, the, in Africa and just, I mean like totally inaccessible and never seen a computer before and it was all in English and they just kind of wanted to see what happened and they put a couple of programs on there. One of the programs was, it was a, it was a thing where you could manually fold proteins so it had strings of amino acids, and you can go in there and you can manipulate it. Um, because one of the things that they are not really good at predicting is the way that some proteins will fold. The populations that they were introducing to these computers had no, couldn't even speak the language that the computer was in. And they came back like a year later, and these these people had like solved these folding protein problems that had eluded AI and scientists. And just because they would go on there and didn't know what to do, they didn't have any idea what they were doing. They were just sitting there making shit. Like I was like, why not? And I mean, I was just always touched by that story. Um, yeah, I mean, having access to these things. Like a thousand monkeys, a thousand typewriters <laughs> will eventually write yeah, Shakespeare. They were like story. good at it. They had developed the skill just yeah, yeah. from like, you know, having access to these resources. And, like, I mean, what do you think would have happened if they'd also put Pac-Man on the computer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you got modern society right there, haven't you? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's <laughs> like or Instagram. Uh, yeah, 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 Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Or they <laughs> none of those proteins would have been folded. They'd be all right in blogs, wouldn't they? Travel blogs. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be really, really good at Pac-Man. <laughs> well, on that note, what's the most annoying thing about people? 
are everything. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's difficult to answer that, isn't it, I suppose, because, yeah, there's a lot of annoying traits in... in... One-upmanship. Oh, I hate one-upmanship. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Um, I agree, I can agree with you that. You know, uh, I, I actually really thought that that was what the Nomad Summit was going to have mm. a lot of, and I was so pleasantly surprised with the, how humble and willing to help people were and how people could just say that they were having problems and ask for yeah. help from other people. And it's great. And and a lot of people that I meet traveling, there's always this kind of need to one I think competition and, yeah. amongst human beings is a good thing. Like competitively, like we all want to compete and do well. But I think competition amongst people where you're, you're trying to go one better is just needless. It's pointless. And it, it kind of highlights insecurities, I think. And like Jamie said with the Nomad Summit, it's you know there's a lot of humble people who are doing very very good things, not just for their own businesses but for the world as well, and they don't mind sharing that. And that's it's you know, just that's annoying. I love Super. meeting people without egos. With that's, story that's, that's the most refreshing thing when you meet someone who's so humble and has no ego, especially yeah. when they're doing really well. And that's the thing with the Nomad Summit. There are so many people that are absolutely crushing it. They're doing unbelievable things, and you would look at them in the in the street and you wouldn't know that. You know, you yeah. wouldn't know that they're doing so well, and that's that's so refreshing to see. But based based on that, I think. Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. What is something that is really popular now, but in five years everyone will look back on and be embarrassed by? Zoos. Zoos. Zoos is a good. Yeah, that's maybe, a good one. Maybe fifteen years, but yeah, I yeah. always. I, I think I, I think we're getting there. I think people yeah, are starting to be more embarrassed. Really I think that some of these animals that are in zoos, you just you just have to appreciate. If they were not in zoos, you would appreciate them so much more if you went to Africa and saw them. I would get rid of 95% of zoos. I would say in a utopian society, social media to a certain degree, because I think social media is stopping (laughs) people from actually understanding or knowing exactly what's out there and doing it. People look at their phone and they they, they see things on their phone, they see these amazing destinations and and, and they never leave the comfort of their own living. So how do you manage that? philosophy with, with running business. a business yeah i haven't answered that question but can, i think that you can show your story on social media in a positive way but i think that people engaging with, with social media nowadays and reality tv and things like that it kind of almost stifles that you know want need to want to go and discover it for yourself so i, I guess in modern days you have to use social media for a business that five years time one hundred percent I don't use social media on a personal level. On a personal really. level, yeah. I have an Instagram account, but I haven't posted in a year more than I think than with a business, you have to separate so. business and personal requirements. And with a business, you need to go where people are. You need to sell our brand and to sell our story. We have to go where people are, spending their time and where the eyes are. So unfortunately, that's Instagram. That's I, I could make a, a, a bold claim. I think that Facebook will be on the down in five years. Yeah, I'm very skeptical. Go for it. Uh, I think that the way I'm hoping, at least, that the way that we interact with Facebook will have changed in five years. Yeah, I think but that's I think a that the idea that you have this entity that represents you as an mm-hmm. individual in society, and that being your identity on the internet, I don't think that is. I think Facebook will be a lot more powerful than this today. If you see the impact it's having on elections and things like that, then I cannot see it anytime what soon. What I going see away. is under the surface discontent with Facebook from everyone in our age bracket. It's a really scary conversation because like like, I was just reading that news today and Elizabeth Warren is up you are on US politics Uh um, but she's really railing against Facebook and that kind of scares me because as much as Facebook is a problem that should and needs to be addressed 
I think that's more of a, a, a social problem. And if they begin to legislate, moderate as a government, Facebook, then we're really in some shit. Yeah, massive. Because I'd rather Mark Zuckerberg be in charge of Facebook than my fucking government. Like, you know, at least you know what their allegiances are then. Right? Yeah. You know, rather than... It's, it's such but, a but I, I don't think social media will be on the downturn in five years, but I do think Facebook will. I think that they'll be... In terms of the social media element, or...? In terms of Facebook as a platform. I think that it, it will peak and go down again. I mean, it's been only growing since its inception. That's why. That's why that's I said it's until, until it's not true. That's fair, but I mean, you could have said that about MySpace right before Facebook came out. No, because right? MySpace didn't have the potential to, to you know, yeah, drive advertising. But at that and time, and there's been so many things that tried to compete so. with Facebook, and then Facebook just buys. Look at you just. You could say you could say that about Microsoft before before the iPhone came out. You could say that about many companies that grow and grow and then. Become complacent. We're all gonna have to meet up in customers. five years, and you're gonna pay out Nothing, three of us. I'll tell you what. I'll just keep track of it, and if it's true, then you guys can all send me a beer. All right, that seems <laughs> like a fair I deal. Can't, I can't see how it happened because, like, if you look at the analysis and, and what Facebook holds on each and every one of us, like, yeah. where is that information going to go? That is such valuable information. I quit Facebook. Yeah. What change has happened? But you're talking about obviously when people move away from Facebook. You can just download all your. So you have you all can. the information, you have all the pictures. But as a, as a marketer, as a, I guess it's another conversation for another day, I suppose. We, we could carry on from But your life, you're, what positive... So you're thinking of like what usability. What impact? You're thinking Facebook of people going down there. It's not about positive impact. For me, it's positive to what businesses and companies can do, knowing the information they hold on individuals yeah, as Yeah, it's definitely an incredible tool for businesses. I think that's a whole concept. So as an individual, that... I never go on my newsfeed. I go to events and messenger. Mm. And as an individual, these are the facets of Facebook that I use. All I use on my feed is the people, the, the news and the groups that I want to follow. Like so really, like for you, if, an, if a platform came along that was better at organizing events, then why wouldn't you switch considering that you could just use WhatsApp for messages? There are alternatives. Like you can use Steam. Because nobody's on WhatsApp. Oh, in in the UK, everyone's on WhatsApp. No one in America's on WhatsApp. I don't know how. Who who owns WhatsApp? Facebook. But I'm not saying that WhatsApp... Instagram? I'm not saying that WhatsApp (laughs) or Instagram. I said Facebook as a platform. As, yeah, but Facebook is a global Not as a company, company. Facebook as, as a platform. A, okay, it's a platform. Right, yeah. well, that's a, that's a little bit. I, I just think the I mean. platform's going to evolve. I don't think it'll look like it looks like now, but I think the name Facebook and whatever that entails will still be thriving. It might look completely different than it does today. But, yeah. well, I think they've, reached, they've got this critical mass. That it's, just, yeah. it's unstoppable in a way. Yeah. Really. It's, it it's, is. A, it's a country as well. You think as, we, we see it as unstoppable because we're young and we haven't experienced any other... Thing the that's unstoppable. That I mean, yeah. Many things throughout history have been unstoppable. In five years, five I think years. it'll be on the downturn. Downturn. It's a little peak I think. I think you will see. What? You will see user numbers on Facebook drop. So you, you, okay. you drop quarter on quarter, quarter on quarter in the next five years. I will that's bet my, you. That's my bet. Live on this podcast show now. Yeah. Five thousand pounds. It won't. Oh, oh, five thousand pounds! Five thousand pounds. We don't see any. I, well, we, we need to deter the, 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 the boundaries. But I, I, from I, where I, it is today, my, my you're saying in five years the user number will be lower than it is today. No, even if it's I'm by saying one. no. What I'm saying is that there will be one quarter where Facebook loses users as opposed to grows them. One quarter. Facebook has never has never lost users in a quarter. 
I'm saying that it will. Oh, so you're saying that every quarter, like it was 1.68 million, now yeah, it's billion. It's every, every, Facebook it's is, drop is slowly growing over time. I think that's a good and one. I think that it's, it could be a good bet for you because there's a <laughs> lot of marketplace in Africa that Facebook hasn't exploited yet. Exactly. Exploration <laughs> growth and. Yeah, but I do, I, I think that give it five years and they'll experience a dip and everyone will freak out. I'll still take that bet. All right, you heard take it here. <laughs> Shake on it. All right. What's your favorite thing about yourself? Again. Do you need a little bit longer to think? No, no, straight, <laughs> no, straight away. The fact that I, I, I like to spend time understanding other people's problems and understand people's situations. I'm very, very active and vocal about politics. The reason I'm like that is because I've got a great, great degree of empathy about other people's situations. And, and I, I, it's just very important for me. I, I, I don't like injustices. I absolutely hate injustices. I like having the ability to take risks. I think that a lot of really good friends I have back home are impeded in their dreams, in their pursuit of their dreams, by having an inability to put themselves out there or take a risk. I don't feel that a lot. So I like being able to fly to Mexico with nothing and just work it out from there. Or What risk. do you think was the defining factor for you to make a decision? Because obviously we've both taken that step but what do you think for you was the, the kickstarter that you needed to do that? It's a, it's a lot of complicated things about how your makeup as a person. I think that my mum was a big influence on me, sort of being able to tell you that you can do anything, being really encouraging of you at a young age. So that's always made me feel like I can take whatever risk I want. Nothing really bad's going to happen. Um, I'm also quite privileged. I come from the yeah, UK. Yeah, what is really the worst that can happen to me? Yeah. If I go out to Mexico, try and start a business and fail, then I come back home and... Uh, try I just, again. Yeah, I try again. I get a job. So why do you think there are people, our friends in our own countries that have the same privilege that don't necessarily feel that they can do it or even want to do it? Do you, do you, what, what factors do you think encourage that mentality? Yeah. Do you uh, have a lot of your friends back home saying to you, you're so lucky? Yeah, all the time. No, yeah, yeah. They I, always, I do, I do. They always say you're so crazy. Oh, I get lucky. Um, all of I our do, friends and it's say, like you have to you're so lucky that you're doing that. Yeah, you're so no, lucky that you're in Thailand. We're like, you can do it too. We did nothing yeah. to qualify for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, there's, there's situations where, where a lot of people can't, they might have kids, but they, maybe they still can. But it's, I think it's, it's fear. And a lot of people, to quote, I think it's Tim Ferriss, but he said that people would rather be unhappy than uncertain. Yeah. And that is massive, that, that quote. And that sums up for me yeah. Yeah. why people you know, don't take the opportunity that's available to them. There's definitely some of that in there. Be, being uncomfortable with uncertainty. A lot yeah. of my friends are very uncomfortable. And they would Being sooner uncertain. just take the easy way out because it's yeah. the, the things they know, the chance, and like Jane was talking about, the opportunity to. Uh, I know, I know people that have worked twenty years in a job that they hate because they won't take a chance on a job that they really want. So the ability to, to take risks. All right. What is your most embarrassing story from childhood? The embarrassing things started happening to me when I was an adult. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> All right, we don't care about those. It's a tough one off the top of my head. I got my got my finger bitten by a goose when I was at a, <laughs> at a zoo, and I was absolutely devastated. Oh, and I was bawling my eyes out, and was running around. Oh, going, everyone was laughing at me because they found it hilarious. Geese are fucking the, evil. They are a bunch They're of bastards, worst. aren't they? They're they horrible, horrible animals. I have a, one of my favorite like web cartoons from back in the day. It was yeah. hyperbole and a half. And they, they, 
then now they've written a book. They've stopped doing the webcomic, but um, this one all about like how this goose gets into their house. It's all real yeah. stories illustrated in Microsoft Paint, which is really funny. <laughs> it's just like the story of how this goose is such a dick. Oh man, yeah, I relate. <laughs> she should read it. I relate. There's a couple of geese out the front. Seen yeah, they've interrupted this podcast several times. I can yeah, hear them. They're, they're being dicks. No, I don't appreciate it. Don't worry, we'll take care of them. <laughs> Thank you. I love um, animals, by the way. <laughs> what is the book that has most influenced your life? Oh, really good question. I would say there was a book that I read recently, and it was called. I can't remember what it was called. Who asked me the question again? Whilst I remember the book. The book that has most influenced your yeah, life. Yeah, it's really, it's really, it's, it's a fantastic book. But the name of the book. It's called. Oh my god, why can't I think of this book? It must not be that good if I can't remember. <laughs> what was it on? What was it about? It's about habits, about compounding habits. Mm, it's called Atomic, 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 atomic Habits. I've started to read that last, like last month, but uh, something point. Oh my god, why can't I think of this book? You'll, you'll remember it, text it to me later, I'll include it in the show notes. Oh my god, it's. Oh, uh, the Slight Edge. Ask slight again. Edge. Yeah. My mom gave me that. Amazing book. Amazing book. Slight Edge. It's a slight blue edge. and white cover. We, ha- we have it in your car at home. So you can ask me about now. Okay, we'll have to pick it up next time we're in the States. This is, we were, we're, we're going to read Atomic Habits because the speaker at the Summit that yeah. I mentioned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I started reading the last time, like, but I'm not too far into it. Though, so. Is, so we'll have to add this one, slate this one in as well. Yeah, we're like the worst. We're so ambitious about building habits yeah. and that we're so The slight is great it. it talks about like what your, your actions, your everyday actions and like obviously you know, doing something like say 100 press-ups a day, for example, or reading uh, I don't know, a chapter of a book every day. It's difficult to get your mind and your mentality to do that every single day, but once you start doing it, it becomes habitual. Yeah, totally. And once it becomes habitual, it becomes part of your philosophy. And then your philosophy is who you are as a person. So you wake up or you do your, your everyday actions without thinking about it. And it's the importance of doing them actions daily, compounded, that obviously have a big impact on who you are as a person. It's a brilliant book. That's good. All right, maybe we should just download it. Let's not wait. Do it, do it. <laughs> How about you? It's a toss-up probably between a few. <laughs> uh, I'd say no book has really changed my outlook on life, but I'd say that there's been a few books that have given me skills or structure. So maybe um, I read... The book that gave me the skill was How to Train a Superpower Memory. The book that led to that was Darren Brown, Tricks of the Mind. So he recommended that book. So I don't know how far back in the book inception you want to go. <laughs> but uh, if you read something like How to Train a Superpower Memory or one of the other books that Darren Brown recommends, you can remember a massive amount of information within a few weeks of trying to implement those techniques. So that is uh, really... Has it worked with um, names? Did you ever struggle with names? I've witnessed first hand as well. I don't try to remember people's names. No, I mean, like, I, I try just... I don't use these techniques to remember people's names. I just talk to people and hopefully remember their names. So there is a technique to remember names. But normally I just try to remember bits of information. Yeah, I feel the same way, but at far, I think I'm very good at remembering names. But I don't really try. And he struggles with it because he's so stressed out about remembering people's names. And I'm like... Do you want to know the technique to remember people's names? Is that what they say is that, let's say... You just have to repeat their say name your a bunch names. in the first... No, no. Well, let's say your name's like um, Bob or something, right? Like, and I meet you and you're like, hi, Jamie, my name's Bob. And I shake your hand. I just imagine you with a really funny Bob haircut. And I just make a little joke out of it in my head. And every time I see you, I just try to envision that joke. 
and what you look like with the Bob haircut. And it's so funny to me that as soon as I think about Bob, I remember your name. You just try to associate the name with something that you will remember. It's a quick one. You're not convinced, are you? <laughs> not convinced. I mean, I've not tried enough. similar things. Like, uh, also, you know, I have a bit of, of social anxiety, so I'm also worried about how I'm going to come off of them. You know, so I'm like thinking about how I should, you know, what body language I'm using. But you know, I don't have the, the mental extra energy to be like witty with myself about like a joke to come up. Like, I, can't, I can't come up with a joke on the spot, like in any situation, let alone. But can't you remember the name for? around 10 or 15 seconds until you have a break to try and be... Wait, I, guess I can definitely make it to five. Yeah. Honestly, like past 10, like, I don't know, I haven't really I haven't clocked it. But, don't uh, you also think it's kind of funny when you just don't remember the name and you're like, hey, I completely yeah, forgot Which, I mean, normally well, like, it, like, 80, never comes of the time, up, like, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. But when I've now <laughs> met somebody six times... Yeah, and, like, and we've oh, hung out like for hours on end, like three times. <laughs> but isn't times. it only awkward when you have to introduce them to somebody? And how often is that? Ha- there's I mean, lots I've come of ways up with to skirt that. Tricks, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is annoying, like in a conversation where I'm like, you know, you know, the person we met at the thing, and then like, you know, we did this, like, you know, she's like, who the f- are you talking about? Uh, so it does become a problem. But, this is. Yeah. I mean, normally no. in everyday, you also forget details about that person because that I think would be more like when they tell you about themselves. They tell you where they're from. I remember everything else but the name, for the okay. most part. Well, that's okay then. I think that's the most important part. Like I said, normally I don't care. It's like when I've met somebody multiple times, or now it's an embarrassment to be in the position. Like, you know, I, oh, you know, we've hung out for like yeah. two days now, and you're like, <laughs> how do you not know? But it, honestly, I mean, how often do you really use somebody's name? I mean, it's quite common as well to forget someone's name, isn't it? It's not Certainly. Not I mean, really, it's just when it gets to those extremes. Like, <laughs> known you for five years. You don't know my name. Damn it. <laughs> How long did it take you to remember my name? I've known you since fifth grade. So yeah. Do you even know her name now? Like, <laughs> Can't be sure. He didn't know my last name. We've been dating for like a year, and he was like, oh. <laughs> I forget that joke. It might have been joked. Do you forget birthdays? No. Yeah, he I doesn't was. know my birthday. This was, we, we, I asked him a week, Is that correct? I asked, December, I asked him December a week thing. after my birthday when my birthday was, and he was like, he, he guessed like three things before, and I was like, Which we literally celebrated I mean, last week. Really, like, I don't, I don't no. care or I don't care. Anybody, Facebook, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I always set an alarm in my phone two weeks before people's birthday. See that? That's, I mean, that's really good. It's become a problem now, like I got nieces and nephews, like, and also, you know, sisters and brothers, but. Yeah, really, it's the they nieces and nephews' ask. birthdays that I care about remembering. Have yeah. you read oh, well, hey, friends and It's, it's Max and Zoe's birthday, like, this See, week. Now I have her, which yeah. is convenient. <laughs> if, you, if you've read the How to Win Friends and Influence People, he says to, to do that. You know, to every time you meet someone, you know their name, ask their birthday, make a note of their birthday, and then when it's their birthday, yeah. send them a card. Because no matter who it is, that touch is something that goes a long, long way. It's a really good You got to apply to the wonderful world of Facebook, like, you just... Yeah, shoot yeah, a message. Twenty sixth of July. July. I'll see I, you tonight, sir. There is that element. If you do remember someone's name and all the yeah. details about them, and then you don't see them in a really long time, and you only met them once. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, no. People always. I am that. And well, I think people maybe like it, but they also really make fun of me for like, like, what kind of stalker are you? How do you know this stuff? Like, <laughs> what? Those, 
We, yeah, last Izzy night. Was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, so was that your boyfriend from high school in the Philippines that you moved to and you went to Widener University in Pennsylvania yeah. for? And she was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Do you take notes when I'm yeah, telling well, you this well, shit? I said on she like, uh, told Wikipedia. me this in passing over a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I, I just I remember mean, it was an interesting look, story that you told your, me. your Pinterest, and I mean, I found that you really like uh, <laughs> Greyhounds, and, uh, you know, I just, I'm so sorry. I do. Not quite, no. I just, I just okay. Well, life practice is duty to keep yourself sane and balanced. Really cute. Basically, they already told us with your routines. Yeah, but... reading, podcast, exercise—the three, three things that are quite important. I love that podcast is on there. Woo. I, yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I like to write as well, like just insights and things, quotes that I kind of see and just. I also I keep track of all of my favorite quotes. So if I come yeah, across yeah, anything, I, really I add it to a document. Yeah, just to look back and read through them, just to see where you were on that particular day as well. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. thinking about that on that day. Uh, what was the question? What life practices do you do to keep yourself sane and balanced? Yeah, I have six-month checks, goals, things like that. They lead into the morning, the morning routine meetings. Does it respond to my voice messages? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I think that's it. I keep I keep a lot of goals. I'm always trying to achieve something. I play chess. I guess I've chess, been, with, been chess with chess. I'm on chess.com. Chess.com. Yeah, do you play? Yeah, a little bit. I'm not Chess.com is a good uh, good platform. You can play anyone in the world. You can have little friends list chats. Is it an app or do you have to go onto a website? You can have it on an app. I normally play on a website because if I'm trying to play on an app, that means I'm out somewhere and there's influence and I can't concentrate. So I only play yeah, when yeah. I've got the room to myself. Yeah. It's good for, um, I, I find that like a mental workout. Like we, we spend a lot of time working out our physical body. Uh, playing chess, it's like purest form of problem solving. I also think it's a it, it sort of strengthens dynamic thinking. Yeah. Each move is it changes all the other potential outcomes. Right? Exactly. You then need to reconsider, and, re- and that I think is a a lost skill nowadays. It's yeah. becoming less common. And do you know, no professional chess players ever had Alzheimer's. Interesting. Wow. So maybe something to do that. What is the most environmentally friendly thing you do or would like others to do? And would like others to do. Apart from running the co-friendly Yeah, I was no, going to say No, you can that, say yeah. this, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a standard question. Well, I'd say that's obviously the overarching kind of theme of what we do as a do business know, owner. Why don't, why don't we just give like the easiest tips on how people can be a little bit more environmentally friendly? Oh, after absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The yeah. first one is just carry a, a water bottle with you. It's the most, the most simple thing you can do, but the most easiest, isn't it, really? Um, I think it's so it's, it's really easy just to go into a supermarket and buy something that has plastic packaging on it. So if you think about the zero waste swaps that you can implement into your life, there's many. You know, like obviously we sell straws, we sell cutlery sets, bottles, things like that. They are the most easiest swaps that you can do. And if we just take like five minutes of our life to find out what you can replace, then you know, you're going to make a big impact. And I think with sustainability, it's about a lot of people doing a little rather than that little group of people shouting as loud as they can saying, do this, do that, do that. I think since we started Jungle Straws and Jungle Culture, the easiest swap that I've had that is just a complete no-brainer is uh, switching to a safety razor. If you shave, just switch immediately. Like, you go into a, a supermarket and pay £8 or $8 for a Gillette razor and a couple of blades, you will pay around that same price for a 100 safety razor blades, and they're made of recyclable stainless steel, you can use them about 16 times each, so longer. And despite the like the stigma around using like a sharp, a sharp razor blade, 
you won't cut yourself. It's really simple it's to use. Safety it's really yeah, simple exactly. to use. It's so so easy. Yeah. Just so so, so easy. Advertise to them. You see Gillette advertising their Matte Fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. You know Gillette, what it is. Like, you don't need four blades, blades in a razor. Right. Gillette have done an incredible, incredible job. incredible job at making people think they need an aloe vera strip and five blades. Yeah, <laughs> but in reality, a hundred years ago, what was everyone on the planet using? They were using razor blades. They're they're fine. It's just people don't know it. They're scared. I really. I hope you guys sound right. Like. If you don't already have a blog article on this, because I know definitely when I was first trying really hard to go totally zero waste in like every area that I could, I looked into safety razors for women, mm-hmm. more for yeah. like, yeah, like it's different body shapes. Reaches. I don't know if it yeah. counts. Yeah, and I was just like Googling profusely and there was nothing. Everything was like, there was only stuff that was recommended just for like men's faces. And then there was things specifically saying like not recommended for women's bodies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, isn't it not the same? It's but like, exactly I didn't want to invest. Yeah. And like at that time yeah. I was looking, I looked at bamboo razors and completely stainless steel razors. This was like five years ago. There was like two on the market. Yeah. Um, of either and they were both over $50 and so I was like oh this was a big investment for me at the time yeah. of, and it was too stressful to go for it when I, when I wasn't I don't under, I yeah, still don't yeah, really yeah. know what it is does it mean so, you kind of question what you've been told over time though and how we've been marketed to as, as, as individuals because like we how many of our you know daily trades or things that we do you every just take day, it for granted you're like oh yeah of course you need to use this safe, this five blade razor but I'll, I'll, I'll answer your question for you my, my girlfriend she uses one of our safety razors on her whole body and it's fine okay it works in exactly the same way as you would use um, just Gillette a normal razor. Gillette razor except you just unscrew the top put a blade in yeah. and screw it back on and then you're good to go in exact same motion. Okay. So it's really simple to use and we sell the razors for £16. Yeah, we were shocked at how cheap they were when we looked at your website. Yeah, we? that's one, one of our philosophies is, um, is that we, we don't want to make zero waste products and plastic free products become the next sort of vegan food yeah. kind of uh, do the do the, the but we don't want we don't want to say because it's a niche it's going to be expensive we if if you really want the problem to be solved then you have to appeal to the masses and so we try to make everything accessible we, yeah we want everyone to use our products and we want people to talk about products and we want the, the you know the impacts to the environment to be minimal you know and why would companies go through the process of charging more just because it is that particular thing you know we see a lot of greenwashing that's happening now what these products shouldn't cost more they don't cost more to manufacture so why there should be a premium on them we don't know and it is one of the main you know pillars of our business that we want to see you know have these products accessible to, to everyone that's awesome. No need to buy. Sure. Send us your shipping address. We'll give you send one. you a Don't couple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> we'll, we'll take pictures of it and provide it on the And if anyone else wants to go onto our website as well, who's listening who wants one, we can give an exclusive voucher code for, for Yeah, a few do it. Sure. Yeah. You can use the code Zero Waste on yeah. either of our websites or our Etsy store. That's uh, 10% off. Nice. Excellent. All right, final question. Why do people do small talk? Um, good question. Don't know what to say. Insecurities, they feel they have to fill a void. People people talk about normal things because they don't know that person yet. They don't know what how to extract the interest and information from them. I think obviously when you get to know a person or people better, you can obviously, you know, you really open up to them, but I guess they have you ever experienced not having small talk with (laughs) someone? Yeah, then the person seems fucking crazy. 
Why? But, <laughs> but I, I always don't have, I don't have small talk with interesting people that are so forthright in their opinions, and they'll, they'll just come out and say it. So you don't even have a chance to have small talk because they're already telling you so much about. Do you think small talk is almost like a? It's it's almost like a vehicle or a protocol to, to so you can establish what that person's like first. Because if someone yeah. you know just I came in there and said, "Hey," like, and you're like, "What?" This, this guy we ask this question to every yeah. podcast guest, and certainly our my opinion anyway has changed a lot on on small talk. I feel like I've gotten much more like, "Okay, I see where you're coming from," and now I do see it as kind of like yeah. just feeling people out, just feeling like, people out. Yeah, it's a way of analyzing how they are. And, Assuming yeah, it was on, a little bit of trying to find middle ground. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's also, I mean, there's also, I think, like, true extroverts as well. You know, you can have a different variety of small talk where it's like, it's like a game almost. Yeah, yeah, And that can be entertaining to watch, too, for, like, introvert. I've been calling it bantering, and bantering is definitely better than small talk. (laughs) Or or bullshitting, bantering or bullshitting. But I do find it difficult to understand people, when a conversation comes to a natural end, they just, they're happy to just be completely quiet. I kind of feel like... You, you, you would be good at this, like, the, like not shaking your head, not there. filling the no. void, void at all. Just no, with opposite. We really? Are, yeah, yeah, so yeah. You, we do, talk you about, don't fill the void. Correct. We talk about this all the time, of like how I'm yeah. more outgoing, extroverted, and therefore when things are like awkward or uncomfortable, I'm just gonna sit in it. I'm gonna because I'm not. I don't feel yeah, well, too I mean, socially awkward. Yeah. I mean, and he tries to make everybody feel comfortable in a situation. Uh, so if nice. there's ever anything awkward, he's like, I'll take care of you. And I'm just like, <laughs> let's see where you go with this. But I'm gonna let you burn in front of me. But yeah, yeah. How, like, how, how do you? you, you uh, why do you? <laughs> why, you're sick. Why no, no. Why is it you because this? I don't have anything <laughs> authentic or genuine to say. If somebody just said something really fucking yeah. awkward, like why? I'm, it's not on me to make no, you feel not comfortable. If they did say something awkward. If you're having like a nice conversation, it comes to a natural foreclosure. And then uh, again, if I don't have anything authentic or genuine or something that I want to say, I mean, it's rare. If I'm finding somebody interesting, there's no closure. There's no end of the conversation <laughs> unless there is like we have to go somewhere. I will keep if you're interesting. I will interrogate you until we die. Like <laughs> I love asking people questions. I love exploring things. Maybe there will be a pause. Maybe like we could take a quick break to like check our phones or whatever the situation is, but I'll come back to you. And if I stop asking you questions, that means you're this, boring like, and ties, I don't want to. Ties back to you remembering too much detail about people. You're quite like a scary. <laughs> like, like this is like you're gonna interrogate me until I die. Remember everything. Come back at you. Like I'm gonna meet you in a year. I'm gonna tell you what your kids' names are. Like yeah. I feel real like threatened a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're actually married or you're engaged? Or Soon to be. Ah, okay. When are we invited? <laughs> yeah. You're oh, you're, you're, come on, so that wasn't for my benefit. You were just like, imagine being married to her. Oh my God, I'm imagining it now. It's going to be crazy. Like, <laughs> I think for the most part, it's very useful that uh, yeah. I can... Yeah, uh, turn to your you seem to have a great yeah. relationship. Like, you can be really comfortable. And, uh, Thank you. You seem really balanced. Well. Yeah, very balanced. I feel like uh, you'll have fewer arguments per per day than than the me and Jamie. <laughs> Definitely than me and Chris, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that true? I mean we haven't totally like witnessed you, but I'd say on the average day we wouldn't have an argument. If if one of our parents is visiting then we have more arguments. How many arguments do you have per week, do you think? Again, like what an average week if it's just like mostly the What do you argue about? Two that's, of us hanging out? What do you argue about? I feel like, I feel like what's arguing cigarettes at the time? We tend to argue more. <laughs> He's often I mean, putting cigarettes. Not really. 
No, I'd say we don't argue. I'd say a lot of he finds it very entertaining to annoy me. He loves to get a rise (laughs) out of me, and then is like shocked and horrified if he he, if I react to him. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If well, yeah, if if I turn on him and I'm like, if it stops being anything other than rolling my eyes, and how does he win it back? Is he kind of just really sorry or like? No, and he's like, why are you being mean to me? What's (laughs) happening? And I'm like, you did this to yourself. I like to think I don't sound like. Quite so much as ambitious. I just am trying to say that he turns it on me. He'll be like, hey, hey, Whoa, hey, hey, where's hey. Where's this coming from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why are you freaking yes, out? Yes, that is exactly what, he, he, exactly what he'll say. Poke <laughs> <laughs> me repetitively, and then if I go, hey, then wh- why are you saying hey? Poke the bear, and then, yeah. yes. That's how do you, what he how do, you, uh, how do you get a rise? Yeah, a lot of times he'll literally poke me. No, I don't think I'm that obnoxious. <laughs> so you're just, you, you two are just very bored, aren't you? You're, you're sat in your ginormous, ginormous house in Pi, and you'll just literally poke her because you've got, what, nothing to do? Or? Well, I think yeah. we both have a tendency to hyper-focus. So like, I'll come out of my hyper-focusing, and she'll still be in hers, and I'll, like... Want attention. Know, or have something to talk about, and it's like... Yeah, waiting, waiting, waiting. She's still in her little box, and then it's kind of like okay. I think when it's just the two of us, it's usually this doesn't happen so much. But if there's somebody else there, then we can't be as like regularly like intimate and like whatever. Just say exactly what we mean. So because if there's somebody watching, then it's like still want to interact with me, but needs to be on a bit more like kind of surfacey or (laughs) maybe civilized level, or like you know, yeah, it's just another way to interact. A quick like shortcut to interaction and getting a reaction. I don't think he always realizes he's doing it, but certainly, you know, if it's, uh... That's interesting. I used to have a friend who would hunt his girlfriend with a baguette. Uh, he would just, like, video record a baguette walking around his house, and then he would find her and just poke her in the face with the baguette. <laughs> he would definitely and, do that too. Yeah, that sounds like something that would really annoy this yeah. is oh we have one we have one fight recorded on the podcast. I made something the night before and he was telling him about it and I was like, but it turned out really bad. Like I don't mm-hmm. know what it was, but it was still downstairs in the kitchen. So he went down and he, <laughs> he was like, I want to try it. I want to try this gross thing. So he tried it and he was like, What are you talking about? It's totally fine. This is really good. Like completely convinced me and I was really skeptical. We went back and forth for a while and he was like, I literally have no idea what you're talking about. Just try it. It was the most fucking rank thing in the world. Like he, yeah, he loves to get me to eat gross to shit and like convince me that it's flawless. Yeah. It's it's not entirely true. I mean, like, you know, I want want the confirmation that it was indeed terrible. It's not necessarily only me pranking you. It's like 80% prank, 20% bitch. Do people uh, enjoy listening to your arguments? Uh, I mean, this is, I'd say for the most part of our podcast, we are like very uh, loving and uh, sweet. And so. People enjoy that. You know, I try, we, there really haven't been, I think that's the only thing where it was like a live action fight. How, or, did, how did the idea come about? Um, we were living in America. I was working um, and marketing for Whole Foods, a corporate job. And he was working as a server and going to nursing school. We were both in situations where. We're having a lot of non-stop small talk, like never moving beyond small talk, being forced into like really inauthentic, bullshit, scripted situations, like day after day, year after year with the same people being like, like whatever, here's this word, you have to say this word now, here's this word, you have to say this word now, and both being like, oh my god, so fucking sick of it. I mean, I think it really came about 
I've loved podcasts since yeah, their yeah. inception. I've always been, they mean a lot to me. They've changed my life. You can really understand and get to know people through podcasts. Yeah. They talk about and have real insight into life. And, you know, nowadays, like, there's podcasts and everything. Yeah. Know? So you can really gain good information. And Absolutely. Get to understand what people like, how they live their lives. Yeah. And, so essentially, it was just wanting to have um, a shortcut to authentic conversation. And yeah. it definitely, that's what it has been. And, we didn't originally think we were going to be traveling the world when we came up with the idea and the name for it, but it didn't start until we actually started traveling. So I was originally pitching it as, uh, you know, just like a couple talks to people that they find interesting yeah. about interesting things. And people were like, that's not interesting. But now I say a couple travels the world interviewing the most interesting people but they now, meet along the way. Yeah. And they're like, they're traveling the world. Now they yeah, have credibility. Absolutely. You're so interesting. And your story <laughs> is interesting in itself. But then obviously people you're going to meet on the road are going to be hopefully even more interesting. So yeah, it's going to tie in. Oh, it has been absolutely. Absolutely incredible. Who's I the mean, most interesting person that you've met apart from, apart from you guys? Yeah. Oh, like interesting person. I mean, I guess we got to say Matt Bowden. He, yeah. uh, that's episode 14. Uh, we both really highly recommend it. I mean, he's just changed our life. He's introduced us to so many friends. But um, we, met, we met him at Jaitep Festival last year. He was our tent neighbor. And um, Trevor had previously seen a documentary on him and had mentioned him even on the podcast. We were talking, chatting to him, and then slowly it like, dawns on Trevor. He said a few key words, and Trevor was like, was there a Vice documentary about you? And he was like, oh, yeah, I think there was one. <laughs> Matt Bowden is this like international drug lord. He invented the legal high indi- legal highs industry in New Zealand uh, in the early, in like the year 2000, started the legal derivatives market, successfully lobbied to New Zealand Parliament to create a whole sect of legal <laughs> highs and uh, lobbied at the... UN and has completely like changed the face of drugs and uh so a really interesting podcast talks all about that journey talks about you know like his journey with drugs and like what the was he a typical drug lord like a bit yeah he, ta- he gets into that of being like living in New Zealand I mean like he had a, he has a family but certainly he had I think he was like 20 million dollars or something and just like had mansion after mansion and was like dri- known for driving his Lamborghini like crazily and throwing these he, ridiculous parties I think he is in his mid 40s now maybe close to I mean yeah let's see his kids are like thir- 13 and 15 I think or 12 and 14 I don't know did you ask him what his favourite drug was yeah and he said I ask think that the <laughs> best drugs haven't been invented yet that's what uh, was his really answer was. he mentioned one that was like a, a 10 minute acid trip like also had elements of MDMA. I remember, like, he's, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was 10 minutes? I thought it was like an hour. Or he was something like a, a shortened version. Like, yeah. Oh, a shortened oh, version combining the best elements of acid uh, and MDMA. And but I, I don't think he would. I think he said that off the camera. Hours, I mean, off the microphone. Yeah. Great. Yeah, he was. I think that was off mic. Because now his thing is like. So now he's a rock star. He has a bunch of albums. He's touring the world doing these like interactive yeah. circus shows. This, we're like really plugging another podcast episode from <laughs> But uh, his, his whole thing now is trying to create these interactive immersive experiences that are so like unique and trippy that you don't need to be high to like trip on them. Not that he's still like pro-drugs and healthy and like intentional use of drugs and, and finding. So his whole thing was always wanting to find the safest ways to consume drugs. And that's why he wanted them to be legal and tested and like constantly put up to like scrutiny and testing and blah, blah, blah. And the whole thing fell apart when he got all of these new laws established. And then China came in, undercut 
his product and started like poisoning people essentially and doing really bad stuff with their drugs and things start bad things started happening. But his whole thing was always about he wanted drugs to be legal so that they could be as safe as possible because he had a lot of people who were close to him die. Yeah, ethical drug lord. That's his. That's his whole. That should be his website name. The ethical drug lord. Ethical drug lord. <laughs> Again, he's trying to like get away from this a bit and like move yeah, more yeah. into the rock star thing. But uh, yeah, that was. It's a... like the polar opposite, isn't it? Of that particular scene or industry, if you like. You know, it's kind to be of ethical. Completely ethical. Yeah, to, to kind of research the, the safest. I mean, these are the only and... drug dealers that I personally associate with, like yeah. some people who really pride themselves on yeah. being ethical and like being kind and compassionate yeah, yeah, yeah. and like always yeah. testing their product and like yeah. really, you know, like I don't. Does yeah. look wasted? Yeah, I must be good <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, I definitely. Yeah. You have a strict. I was strict yeah. Yeah, drug, drug dealer. Drug, like drug, it's got to be somebody checklist. who I want to have dinner with. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like I'm, I don't want to associate with. Them. <laughs> CD peeps. I've met some uh, some. The, I'd say some the some of the top three of the top ten people I know are drug dealers, and they're just like fantastic, wonderful yeah, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. That, so was that was that your same answer? The most interesting person we've met. I mean, that's just such Certainly. a unique, I mean, crazy story. We, but I mean, the podcast has been absolutely incredible. I mean, just and people who it's like even like you're not necessarily even thinking that they're going to be incredible and then they end up being incredible certainly i mean we definitely have met some he's interesting in a very unique kind of way but and a high profile way where he's like had big things happen on a big scale so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean that's definitely my favorite podcast yeah episode 14 i really highly recommend it i mean and we've had a lot of people a lot of kiwis who knew him i mean he's like he's decently famous on a world scale but definitely incredibly famous in new zealand and yeah. Oh, the legal hacker! Yeah. Uh, we've gotten a lot of feedback that, like, his story on our podcast is their favorite version of his story. Like, people have heard a lot of versions or have seen it on documentaries and the news and different articles, blah, 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 and that, like, that they like on our podcast the best. Yeah. So that's pretty good. But we had my dad on when we very first started, and we just interviewed his dad last week. His dad just came up to Thailand to visit us. And those were very interesting in their in their own ways. It's very fun to get to know somebody who you know so intimately yeah, to like meet them as a so. real person again in yeah. a different way. And I hope I encourage all children to do that with their parents. parents. Yeah, seriously, yeah, or just really to like good. to always be asking questions. I mean, it's always I have a brother who's six years older and doesn't know anything about my parents and my parents and like our family history is so wildly interesting and he knows none of it. And it's just like it's so some crazy ass shit in our family <laughs> and, and I was, I've like always known about it and he didn't even like know how my, how our parents met it's like what that's fucking crazy I think things you don't necessarily just talk about among siblings and you know much mm-hmm. parents you don't divulge information in the same way like you have different relationships so but like, you break it down it, works, I mean but your parents especially when you turn out cool your parents are probably yeah. really fucking interesting and like maybe you don't <laughs> yeah. know that side of them but I mean yeah, man, I love asking my parents questions that like make them real people, and the rest of my my family. They, there's get out of uh, get out of that comfort zone of like just seeing them as who they are in relationship to you, and try to discover them as all these different iterations of themselves. It's a really really interesting conversation. I mean, it can be like weird and awkward, but again, this is why it's yeah, fun yeah, to have yeah. a microphone because then it's like permission to go wherever I want to go. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It's been really decent, yeah. Like, conversations. Been really Great talking to you guys. Yeah. Great talking to you. Thanks so much yeah, for coming thanks on. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, I really appreciate it. <laughs> Look Bye. forward to meeting your dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry,